0: This is a podcast from Soof.co.uk Hello, I'm Patrick Downs. This is all about film, whether it be Blu-ray, DVD or streaming. This is Bring the Film. Asteroid City takes place in a fictional American desert town circa 1955. The itinerary of a junior stargazer space cadet convention is spectacularly disrupted by world-changing events.
1: You took a picture of me. Uh Uh-huh. Why? I'm a photographer.
2: You didn't ask permission?
1: I never ask permission. Why not? Because I work in trenches, battlefields, and combat zones. Really? Uh Uh-huh.
2: You mean you're a war photographer?
1: Mostly. Sometimes I cover sporting events. My name is Augie Steenbeck.
2: Mm-hmm. What are you going to do then? That picture. Hmm.
1: Well, if it's any good, I guess I'll try to sell it to a magazine, now that you mention it. Midge Campbell, Eating a Waffle.
0: Directed by Wes Anderson, starring Jason Schwartzman, Scarlett Johansson, Tom Hanks, Jeffrey Wright, Tilda Swinton, Brian Cranston, Edward Norton, and many others. Ally correspondent Anna Smith caught up with Scarlett Johansson, Jason Schwartzman, and Jake Ryan. And asked Jake about the importance of portraying intelligent young minds on screen. It's very
1: important because... All these kids, like Woodrow, is a, he's way smarter than I'll ever be. He's very lonely because of it. And after meeting all of the stargazers, it's like finding people in your tribe, you know? It's like finally meeting your peers. Like now there's so much more to life now that you've met them, you know?
3: Scala, I love how this explores the craft of acting. Um, what to you rang true about the script in that respect?
2: I think that the script really is a celebration of a troop of actors and how when you're working, with, you know, either another actor or a group of actors and you're connected, you're working from the same idea and interpreting it in your own way, you really, you know, everybody's performance is elevated. And that was actually true, I think, that's true of also the Wes's set. You're so impressed by the person that you're working with or the group of people that you're working with that you want to participate at that level too. You know, everything is, is heightened. And yesterday when I was watching the film here, it was so touching how much support you see on screen how much the actors are all supporting one another and connected to each other you know I, I think that's something that also is is very exciting for Wes and his affection for that this film is a result I think of his affection for that process.
3: Jason when Wes calls do you always say yes immediately is it a no-brainer?
1: When he calls me? <laughs> you call him right? When he calls, uh, <laughs> No no when he calls me do I say yes?
3: Yeah in terms of the, the collaborations that you have together.
1: Wes is he's one of like the I could say like three people People maybe that I've known for more than 20 something years that's not like a family member. We've been through so many things together and and formative experiences in each other's lives. One thing that was an instant thing with Wes when I met him, I was 17, he was 27. I felt connected to him because he would tell me about movies he was interested, we talked about music. There was a enthusiasm for art, and I feel like I learn about something through him or I see a movie through it, and it's that dynamic. That's one of the most fun things about knowing him is to see what he's into, where his mind and heart are going. As a friend and as a collaborator, you know what I'm saying? So when he calls, it could be calling for anything. You say yes because you want to know where your friend is at.
3: It's lovely, thank you. Scarlett, were there any particular actors that you drew from that you've admired growing up or watching in your performance? Because for me, you summon many kind of classic movie stars although you have a very specific character.
2: Yes, Betty Davis was somebody that we both liked a lot and uh, I'm trying to think who else. Wes was interested in. I think Carol Lombard was somebody yeah. that he liked. I mean, I think I kind of came at it with Betty Davis. I just love her. She has such a great career, you know, long, illustrious career. And you just feel like this is a person who is born to be an actor, you know. And I, that's who I imagine both of the characters to be. So,
0: yes. Directed by Wes Anderson, starring Jason Schwartzman, Scarlett Johansson, Tom Hanks, Jeffrey Wright, Tilda Swinton, Brian Carran. Edward Norton and many others. And our correspondent Anna Smith caught up with Stephen Park, Jeffrey Wright, and Brian Cranston, who plays a host about the appeal of Star in a Wes Anderson film. It is, it's
4: a Wes Anderson film. You don't need any arm twisting. I think what's required to be in a Wes Anderson film is is the the spirit of, of the filmmaking and the and the process that he does. You do your best work, present it and allow him to orchestrate uh, the other instruments and see how it comes out in the end. What was always intriguing to me was the other component that comes with a Wes Anderson film that these guys know very well because they've experienced it before, but this was my first time. It's like an actor's company. We are all on the same level, there's no hierarchy, there's no star, there's no one gets any better treatment. We're all the same. It's kind of like an actor's kibbutz. We're all (laughs) all contributing. And uh, we all have these familiar dinners every night, and we get to know each other. We get to express our our joy, our fears, which I did. I said I was nervous going in, because the work is very specific. And, um, and I was—I guess I wasn't surprised, but I was happy to hear that there were others at the table who were saying the same thing, like, I'm nervous, too. Oh, OK, I, good, I'm glad I'm not alone. And there's a camaraderie about that. So it was just a lot of Were fun.
5: you nervous at all about going to dinner? N- nervous going to dinner. Just no. yeah, just because it's like, like going to the Golden Globes, like it's like going to dinner yeah, with like think, well, the well, I can biggest see that, movie though. stars. Yeah. Where am
6: I gonna sit? Where should I sit? Yeah, Where? no,
5: I was uh, yeah, <laughs> <just> anxiety provoking. But, <laughs> but it is
6: but it is egalitarian, as you say. Yeah. So I mean when I got back home to New York and I found that lovely um sport vintage sports the, the MG waiting for me at home. I you know, not we all of those? Oh we didn't oh, 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 oh my, my god. god.
1: Sure. Oh.
6: Oh. So, there is a hierarchy.
1: <laughs>
5: I'm lying. I didn't get a shirt. I didn't get a yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
3: Okay. Stephen, you mentioned that you were a bit nervous about going <laughs> to dinner. Can you tell me more? <laughs>
5: well, I mean, I, I was actually sitting with Hope Davis, because Hope just arrived. And because she was nervous, uh, Deanna Dunnigan, who plays the waitress, she, everybody is kind of having their issues because, you know, Tom Hanks is there and Rita Wilson and, you know, Jeff Goldblum. And I actually would take a moment in my room and i just have to gather myself before I went downstairs.
3: Is that Tom was, Hanks as lovely as everyone says he is?
5: Oh, yeah. I mean, that's the thing. Once, really? once you... Dive in. I think Wes brings together the kindest, most generous actors. Everybody is so generous in spirit, and I think that 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 is the common link. So all that nervousness it, it dissipates when you meet everyone because everyone is so funny and kind and um, yeah and yeah and then that that all melts away. But. Yeah, the, when I first was experiencing it, and it was terrifying.
6: And it's a wonder, but it's a wonderfully generous uh, spirit, too, like kind of mutual generosity. For example, um, you would have these movie nights, you know. Mm, you'd go kind of gather what You know, Bob Yeoman, uh, the cinematographer, would choose a movie. Or one night, we screened, uh, Matt Dillon has this... Uh, has this documentary that he'd been working on for years on uh, Cuban music. And Matt is like Mm. a Cuban music aficionado has been going to Cuba since like 1940, I mean, he was, I mean, for many years. So he he shared this me- this this movie with that he's been, that's been a labor of love from, and it was it was uh, it was yeah. Yeah, it was just fascinating. And again, it just came out of this, you know, just came out of the you know yeah. up in camp one day, and yeah. there it was, you know, just surprises and generosity, and and it all kind of lends itself ultimately to the work we do together because we feel that sense of connection. Mm-hmm.
3: Brian, your narration is very distinctive. Can you talk to me about the voice and what kind of conversations you had with Wes about those, if any?
4: The role of the narrator is sort of self-explanatory for me, at least. I did a little research on the more notable newscasters of of, uh, American history in the 50s and 60s, and I realized that my role really is to not make much of of a show. You know, I wanted to, to leave it for the, the performers to do that. My role is to present the expositional information that the audience needs to to know to get the story straight, who's who, and also to help narrate and move the story forward a little bit. So I just kind of wanted a blank slate. I didn't want to have any emotion or any opinion on what I was saying. It's just presentational. That's what I did. But still a, a different style of performance, too. Yeah, and, and a different, yeah. yeah, yeah. So uh, instead of being me doing it, I wanted to grab a character that that I can welcome in to let that character lead the way. It's just much more comfortable for us, I
5: think, hmm. that way. Hold.
1: How long can they keep us in Asteroid City? Legally, I mean.
4: Well, I'm not an attorney, but I'd say as long as they like. I think we'd have to file an injunction and then successfully argue the case six months to a year. Of course, we'd also need to initiate a civil suit for a loss of okay. income. Maybe we should just walk out right now. I'm not sure they could stop us without killing somebody. Interesting idea. No, I don't know. What kind of mileage do you think that jetpack gets?
1: You ask Roger or his son. Apparently he's been prosecuted for revealing state secrets. I'll never
4: make
5: it stick. I'm in no hurry. I like the desert. I like aliens. Pull. How'd you get that back? The projects remain under secure lockdown. No stargazers permitted personal access without the express My permission. son invented this death ray. That may be true, but my Step orders back. are.
0: Easy, fellas, we're not in guadalcanal oh, anymore. Okay, okay,
5: everyone, please. It's been a difficult quarantine. I'll stop, you stop your, your now stand down you hear that General Gibson says stand down you married
0: oh, directed by Wes Anderson starring Jason Schwartzman Scarlett Johansson Tom Hanks Jeffrey Wright Tilda Swinton Brian Cranston, Edward Norton and many others and film correspondent Anna Smith caught up with Maya Hawke and Rupert Friend to talk more about the sense of the final outcome that they had whilst filming on it set it actually
7: looks a lot I mean it looks exactly like it looks you know with it, his eye for, for colour and palette and costume and set design is so extraordinary that when you're in the film, it really is like, if you imagine stepping into it, that's that's what it is. There's not not really any trickery at all. There's no green screens or anything like that.
8: The only shot that was a mystery to me, when we're outside of the structure of the town, more in nature, mm. um, like those shots, I had no idea what they would look like yeah. until I saw them. When you're in the structure of his shapes, the angles and the set he's built, that's where you're like, I know exactly what this shot is gonna look like, I can feel what this shot is gonna look like, but when you're just, when it's just you in the sky, mm. we out there on the log over the fence.
7: Oh yeah! I had no
8: idea what that
3: would look like. Maya, I absolutely love the scene where you start dancing and the the children are singing.
8: Can you talk to me a bit about filming that scene? Well, Rupert is such a great dancer and um, he wouldn't say so. I actually felt like, slightly metaphorically, their relationship dynamic, they switched roles within that dance. Their initial roles are he's this loose, kind of free, wandering cowboy and she's this regimented school teacher. And then they go to dance and he has so much internal structure. And I felt like he just held my hands and I got to kind of flop around all over the place. And that wasn't on purpose, that role swap, but more just about our actual internal personalities, which is Rupert has a wonderful elegance to him and I don't, but that was a cool, the way it interplayed with our characters, I thought, that all of a sudden June could relax and kind of flow with the motion of the dance. And the children were so amazing and the song was so fun to watch over and over again. And I don't know, the musicians were great, it was all live.
1: Yeah,
7: plus it only said in the script then they dance. They dance. That was it. Then they dance. And we never were told any more than that, so we just sort of made it up, really.
3: Yeah, very impressive dancing, may I say. <laughs> <laughs> Rupert, this film has, I think, quite a lot to say about the craft of acting and looking mm-hmm. behind the scenes. Um, what did you get from it? What appealed to you from that perspective?
7: Behind the scenes is, is a really interesting thing. Wes spoke about it today at the press conference, um, that he had, as I think all of us do, a, a fascination with that, you know, as we do in the movie, you open the set and sort of walk into the back of, uh, of the scenery. And that when you're back there, there's this sense of incredible anticipation because in a minute, as again they say in the movie, in five and a half minutes, you're on. And there's this sense of time won't wait for you and therefore, and the audience won't wait for you. And there's this kind of magical, here goes, and you just kind of dive in. And I don't know, I feel like that with everything of Wes's film, there's, there's definitely a sense of anticipation and then a sort of, here we go, and then you're just on the ride.
8: Maya, for you, what was the biggest highlight of working with Wes Anderson? The people. The experience, and also, you know, I think there's such an emphasis on Wes's aesthetic that, like, people don't talk as much about his writing, but. Letting his words leave your mouth, and the level of poetry, and inside of them, the whole film feels like a poem to me. And it really hits home at the you-can't-wake-up-if-you-don't-fall-asleep moment, where you're like, oh, that's poetic. But really, to me, every line and the dialogue between the people has this, this clarity, this humor, and then metaphor and mystery as well, and that's uh, that was the greatest pleasure for me. I'm just a, a lover of words, and to get to say his words, the dream come true. Rupert, would you like to speak to Wes Anderson's script
7: a bit? I think Maya put it beautifully. You know, he's, he pays attention, he, he loves words, he loves references, he loves layers within lines, he loves the music of a line and uses punctuation very specifically. So for me, other people have said this, but it is a little bit like reading a musical score, in as much as the music is written and it's not really up for debate, which for some people would find maybe um, strict in some way, but neither is Mozart, you know, and yet it's gorgeous to interpret, gorgeous to play, to conduct, to listen to. The music is set, but open to interpretation.
3: My Wes is known for his weird and
8: wonderful films. Were there any particular moments on set that felt a little surreal to you? The whole thing was a surreal experience. It was the first new set environment that I went to after the pandemic. Uh, Well, sort of, that's sort of true, but it it felt like that. And um, first time I'd worked outside of Atlanta, I all of a sudden was surrounded by all of these magical people in this magical place that we were all kind of sequestered in. And in a certain way, art imitated life a little bit. It felt like I'd entered this dream Um, and the dream went on until I got on the plane home. So the whole thing was pretty
0: surreal. Directed by Wes Anderson, Asteroid City is available now.
8: And with that, thanks check
0: me out on the bring the film podcast today i'm patrick downs and you can keep in touch across twitter at i patrick downs, also on instagram or facebook.com forward slash official and there's also the website soof.co.uk this is a podcast from soof.co.uk